discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Thank you, dear Holy Spirit, for this opportunity to hear your word. Thank you for your power that is available in this place. Thank you that you teach us all truth and lead us into all truth, Lord. Thank you for grace for each and every one of us to develop some more in you and to fulfill your calling and your purpose upon our lives every single day. Even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. Tell me about wow. It's good to be in the house of God. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. You're also looking fresh. Wow. You have to learn to look nice. It's, It's important. Hallelujah. I'll share a message concerning fashion very soon. <laughs> it's in the Bible, actually. It's in the Bible. Yeah. Concerning fashion. Yes. And also, it starts from the priests dressing. The priests were supposed to dress in a particular way. Customized, actually. Very, very. It's not a small thing. As they are as you are sewing the cloth, you are praying and sewing. It's not a small thing. It's a very very serious thing. Hallelujah. Yes, I've been sharing concerning title it's walking in the spirit, and I started sharing on Sunday last Sunday, and I came here on Wednesday to come and share some more concerning it. Today I want to go go a little bit further with what I started on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know. As, as a minister of God, we have a very... There are pastors here. There are some pastors who don't know why they do what they do. Some pastors consider ministry to be just like any other profession, like being a doctor or a nurse or a pharmacist or any of those things. You know, So uh, most people think that it's a 9-to-5 job or an 8-to-5 job, but it's, it's, it goes beyond that. Hallelujah. We, we get to know what the brethren should expect um, through what the minister is supposed to supply. You understand what I'm saying? The supply of the minister is what determines what the children of God must expect and what they must look out for. It's not, we don't just go to church. A lot of people just go to church. Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, various days. But then you don't really know what's going on. That's why a lot of people don't take it seriously. It's rained all morning, isn't it? In various places, 
um, you may have the attendance for service very, very low. Very, very low. You may have, if as a church that has about 100 people in it, you may have about 30 people coming to church on a morning like this because it has rained. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you see, nobody takes an excuse for work when it rains. I mean, at 5 a.m., you are still awake. You still start preparing to go to work. Is it true? Because you must show up. If you don't show up, something bad may happen to you. You don't know what type of bad thing may happen. So you show up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church is very important. Very, very. And sometimes, children of God, I realize a lot of people don't understand how important it is. All around the world, you have people who don't really understand the importance of of the church and the importance of the ministry. The ministry that your pastor holds in your life. It's very important. I want to try and start from there a little before I go into what I want to share with you. Okay? If you read in Ephesians chapter 3, if we from verse 1, it's, it's very detailed. And I, I want to show it to you. Okay. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 1. This is Paul writing. He says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. You know, Paul called himself the apostle who was sent to the Gentiles. He was sent by God to the Gentiles for a purpose. Okay. God had the Gentiles in mind and he anointed this man and sent him to them. For a particular purpose, God God is not uh, wasteful with His resources. God is very, very, very particular. He doesn't just do things. The church doesn't just exist. You see, you don't just attend church. That's more. Hallelujah. Now, when God is doing something, you may not realize. Spiritual things are very difficult to realize and recognize when they are happening right before you. You may easily ignore it. You may not even know what's going on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know Jesus is God, right? You know Jesus came walking on the earth. And the people he created could not recognize him. Even though he said he was the son of God and said he was God. They didn't recognize him. Now you may, have, you may say that, oh, I would have recognized him. But you, you may not. Even today you don't. You don't recognize him. <laughs> yeah. You, got, you, you, you may not look at things the way God looks at it. It's very, it can just pass you by. It can just pass you by. For instance, Jacob was sleeping and he had a dream. And in a dream, there was a ladder from heaven to earth that had angels traveling on it, you know, going up and down. The Bible mentions that he was asleep. Something highly spiritual was happening, but he was asleep. He was having, I mean, it was good night, guy. He was just sleeping. When he woke up, he realized that, hey, something spiritual was happening. Actually, if you read in John chapter 1, the Bible mentions how that Jesus, when he saw uh, Nathaniel under the tree, and um, Andrew went to call him and all that, and then Jesus said that, oh, before Andrew called you, I saw you under the tree. You know, Jesus didn't see him with his physical eye. He saw him in the spirit. He saw him under the tree. So when Nathaniel had this, it was like, wow, you are the savior of Israel. Then Jesus said that, ah, because I just mentioned where you were standing that you are happy. This one is small. Very soon you see angels ascending and descending upon the son of man. So what Jacob, the encounter Jacob had was actually an encounter concerning Christ. Because Christ is actually the ladder that, con- that links heaven and earth. 
So a high spiritual, powerful something was happening. But Jacob was, <laughs> he was snoring. Because it is very difficult to acknowledge spiritual things. You can easily ignore it. And ignoring spiritual things has to do with you ignoring your own life. Oh yeah. Listen, you cannot make it until there's a spiritual backing. To be honest with you. No, I mean, you dear, try ignore God and ignore, ignore the devil and say that you are neutral. <laughs> you get it? Like, just say that you are neutral. You don't really want to associate with anybody. So you are neutral. You are just existing. Okay. You, you, you have difficulty. Something may be supportive, but you don't know. You are not, you're actually not neutral. You can't be neutral. Can't be neutral. Hallelujah. Those who are using other things to prosper and increase have to, have to have contact with the spirit. All kinds of spirits before they can make it. Three days ago, a woman went to kidnap a small boy from school. I mean, she needs money. Blood is important. She decided not to use the blood of Christ. She's going to use the blood of a small boy. <laughs> you see. So spiritual things are very important. And it may just pass you. So you have to be very smart. You have to be very, very smart. Through the, the word of God is what helps you to become smart about spiritual things. When something very spiritual is happening, you will get to know through the word of God. Okay? The word of God is the manner to train you. And teach you that when you see A, B, C, D, spiritual things are happening. Be smart, be alert, because something very, very significant is happening. Hallelujah. Yeah. Have you ever read Hebrews chapter 10? Hebrews 10, 25. What does it say in your Bible? If you are there, kindly read it to me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. One to go. Assembling together. Uh-huh. As a man of service. Mm-hmm. As you see the day approaching, read it once again. One to go. Hallelujah. Yeah. Not forsaking the assembly together of ourselves as a man of some is. But exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. He says, when it's time for church, don't take yourself out. Okay? Have you ever read the place where he says that where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. Now, the word is actually where two or three are gathered into my name. Okay? Where two or three are gathered into my name, I am there with them. So when we gather like this, it's a very spiritual thing. We have gathered into the name of the Lord. We have gathered into the name of the Lord. And it's a highly spiritual. It's another one saying it. It's, that's, that's what the Bible says. Very, very important. You know why some people are not doing well and are not increasing and going forward? Because they don't like gathering and assembling together with the saints. God mentions that that's why some people are falling backwards and are not doing well. Because they are not in the company of the saints. So this is a spiritual gathering, even though we are here physically. They, you came with your angels. There are angels involved in the meeting. They are here. And God has something to say to you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Be smart. Everybody be smart. Don't ignore spiritual things. Okay, so go to Ephesians chapter 3. Let me read it to you and then we'll go on. From verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, 
If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me toward you, or to you what? How that by revelation he made no... So, Paul was... Go, go back, go to verse 2. Once again. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, a dispensation of the grace of... Dispensation means economy. That's where this church's name comes from. It comes from this particular word, dispensation. Okay? In the Greek, it's oikodemos, or oikodomia. Which is the the, Eng, the anglicized verse of that or version of that is economy. It means a dispensation, a giving out of something or a household management. Okay, so God has something He's giving out in this time. He says that what He's giving out in this time is the grace of God. Is the grace? He says, which is given to me, to you, what, or for you? God called him and gave him the ability to dispense the grace of God to the Gentiles and introduce them into the grace of God and bring them into the grace of God. So without the ministry of that particular man of God and everyone who comes after, the grace of God will not extend to anybody. Do you understand? That's how. So as we are in church, the grace of God is being distributed. As we are, being, as we are preaching to you, grace is coming to you. That's one of the major things that happens to you whilst you are hearing the word of God. Grace is ministered to you. If you read in Second Peter chapter one, verse two, especially, look at Second Peter chapter one, verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. What are we sharing? I'm not sharing the knowledge of God to you. When we are preaching to you, what is happening is that the knowledge of God is coming to you. It says, "Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." So as the word of God comes to you, grace is coming to you. What is grace? If you don't understand grace, you may not appreciate some of these things that I'm talking about. It's not just unmerited favor. Grace is the ability of God to get things done. Okay? Grace is the ability of grace is God at work. So as we are preaching to you, when you come to church like this and we are preaching to you, grace is being ministered, ability is being given to you to be able to do abundantly above all that you can ask or think. And do beyond what you are doing before you came in. So grace is being given. How many of you would want to do more in your life? You realize you can, you can accomplish more. How many of you want to accomplish more? The means of accomplishing more is by hearing the word of God. That's the means. I mean, if you ignore it, you're in trouble. So that's the ministry of the, of, the, of the man of God. To dispense grace. To give grace out. To administrate the grace of God through the knowledge of God. For the church of God to be helped. We don't talk about unnecessary things. We don't talk about things that are not important. Whatever you, you hear us talk about are things that are important for you. We will not talk about something that you don't need for your life. And you don't need for your development. I mean, why would you... Who would want to go to a place where no addition is made to his life? I mean, it doesn't make sense. That is religion. If you are going to a place and it's just because you are supposed to be there, there's a problem. You must be going with the mindset, with a, with, with, with a heart set and a mindset. That this is the... Re- you know exactly what you are getting out of where you are going to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do you go to work? You go to work because you know that at the end of the 30 days, it will rain. It will rain in your account. Is it true? The house of God also has its own things that it gives out. Yeah. And, you see, and without grace, you, you, can't, you can't function. You can't function. It's the ability of God that causes you and helps you to do extra. Go beyond the normal. Gives you the edge above every other thing and every other person. And all that is happening live 
as we are sharing the word of God. Hallelujah. Go back to Ephesians. Okay, let me show you some more. Go to verse verse 3. How that by revelation it made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. My knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So the minister carries you into the knowledge of the mystery of Christ that he has received. And knowledge is good for because through knowledge shall the just be delivered. And it is through knowledge, the knowledge of the Son of God, that grace is ministered to you. Next verse. Then it says, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. As it is now to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. What it says, what I'm, what I'm sharing with you with are things that were hidden from those people who were, even Abraham did not see what we are sharing with you. But the Bible mentions how that Abraham became rich. Hmm? In Genesis chapter 13, 1. Go to 13, 1. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. Verse 2. And Abraham was very rich in cattle. But he doesn't, he didn't have the knowledge you are having today. Praise the Lord. He didn't, have, he didn't have the knowledge we have today. But it was hidden from them. And Abraham was very rich in cattle, in silver and gold. Very rich. But the knowledge of God he had was that God was outside of him and he was talking to God. He was God's friend. We are more than God's friends. We are more than God's friends. We are, we are more than God's friends. Yeah. We have become children of God. Bona fide children of God. Containers of God. Praise the Lord. Which in other was not been known unto the sons of men. As it is now revealed unto his holy apostles. The Bible mentions how that the whole of creation. Hmm? The whole of creation awaits the manifestation of the sons of God. Have you ever read concerning Israel how that they, they got to the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted before them? Was that powerful? Yeah. yeah. How Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego walked into the bending furnace and nothing happened to them. No, and all those glorious things that you've read in the Bible. What is supposed to, what God has designed for you to experience is much more glorious than that. Yeah, but it it awaits your manifestation, your knowledge of it, and taking advantage of the knowledge that God has given to you, not thinking that it is fake, hmm? not thinking that it's fake. Oh, God is in me. When you walk out, that's the end. You forget about it. You were excited about it in church, but that is finished. When you meet a situation, you just you act like a drum says daughter. But you've forgotten who you are. The Bible says that he, the man, that man, don't, he says, don't be, don't be forgetful here. Yes. Yeah. People who look into the, they are like people who look into the mirror and go away, should I forgetting what man of men they are. That is what, that's the knowledge you need for life. That's the knowledge you need to put you over continuously and consistently. Do you understand? Then you must spend time with the word of God to see. Let me go, go back, go back to Ephesians. I want to show you what our ministry is. I said, you would know what you are supposed to expect. When you get to know what ministry, what our ministry really is. And I'll show you some. Expect to receive grace as you come to the house of God. Of course, faith is also part. How does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to talk about faith very, very soon. So as you're hearing the word of God, faith is coming to you. You don't need to go and look for faith somewhere else. Believe what the word of God says. That is why I said that it is something highly spiritual can be happening and you not notice it because you don't know what the word of God says about it. He says, faith cometh. How does faith come? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Are we not sharing the word of God? 
Yeah. Uh, did I start talking about my, my house and my cars and my... That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the word of God. I've just quoted plenty of scriptures for you. I don't know how many I've quoted so far. Mention so many. Go, let's go here. Let's go there. I'm sharing the word of God with you. I'm not talking about yeah. how fine I am. <laughs> no. That's not why you came. That's not why we, is that why you came? You came to come and hear about the pastor. No. Or hear about a, a multi-millionaire somewhere. No, that's what we came because of the word of God. And when the word of God is coming, he says, faith is being ministered to you. Grace is being ministered to you. You are being introduced into the knowledge of God that will cause you to multiply and increase. Spiritual. You see, the pastoral ministry is, is a spiritual ministry. It's not physical. Spiritual. It's not, it's not physical at all. Hallelujah. So in church, we don't dash money. Church is not the place to dash money. It's not a place to give lotto numbers. I don't, we don't give lotto numbers. It's not a place to... We don't share clothes here. Ah, places where they do all kinds of things. We don't share clothes in the church. That's not why you came. Faith. Faith is coming and you need faith. You need faith. Grace is coming to you. You need it. Only thing to put you on the next level of your life. Oh, hallelujah. Go back to Ephesians chapter 3. Which in other ages was not made known. It says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So through the gospel, through the word of God that we share, this what happens is that you should be fellow heirs. Fellow heirs. Fellow. You see, in Ephesians chapter 2, eh, if you read from, let's say, verse 16, okay? From verse 10, talks about how that we are the workmanship of God in Christ Jesus and all that. Then it gets to a place where it talks about how the Gentiles were. Okay, go, go up. Go to verse, verse 12. That at that time, he says, you were, let, let's read from verse 10. It will, be, it will be nice from verse 10. Okay? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works. I mean, I can preach a whole month on this. He says, we are his workmanship. We are the best product of God. The angels are not the best. The skies, you see, you see the skies and the stars. And, he says, they are not the best of God. The oceans are not the best of God. Have you seen the oceans before? They are not the best of God. He says, you are the best of God. You are what? You are God's prized possession, purchased by his blood. Yeah. So he says, you are his workmanship, recreated in Christ, or created in Christ just unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Look at the next verse. He says, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called unto circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You didn't have God. You didn't even know God. But because of the gospel, you are introduced to God. The gospel introduces you to the, the true one true God. And not just introduces you to him, but makes you an heir of God. An heir of God. I was telling you on Wednesday that God cannot... You see, if I give you my... Socks that I've worn. Your father is dying. And on his deathbed, he requests for you. Call. I could see for me. <laughs> and then they come and call you from Kumasi to Accra. Sitting. Because it's an urgent, urgent 
matter. You fly, pick a plane, sharp. You see, they told you at 5.30, you got into the 6.30 flight. That means that it was very expensive. And you flew straight to Accra, went straight to 37. When you got there, your father was dying, and then he said to you, Ah, because you have left something for you, I have inheritance for you. But man, sure will in Timmy, but some catch you. I didn't write it, so I want to tell you. Then your father gathers his last might and tells you that I have left my my socks my socks in the cupboard and that socks I've worn it for the last 35 years of my life (laughs) it was given to me by my father (laughs) that's your inheritance (laughs) what will you do to him you aid him to enter (laughs) Asamando nobody does that if someone says he's giving you inheritance inheritance is something more valuable isn't it something beyond what you had what we say here is beyond it's not clothes no no what will you do with your father's clothes it's not clothes it's not clothes it's not shoes when they say inheritance you're talking about house 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 is proper that's real estate that's real it's real lands even cars it's not really inheritance like that it's a car eh? it's plenty costs you drive it from here to here realize that the engine is not working so well so you have to do something it's not you see well inheritance yes so god will not give us something lower than himself no if god is giving us the best because we are his best do you think he will give us something lower than himself what is higher than god so if he will not give us anything lower than himself and he can't give us anything higher than himself because he's the highest. What do you think he has given to us? He has given us himself. So we are heirs of God. And that's what we educate you about in church. Hallelujah. <laughs> that's what we educate you about in church. To aid you know that brother, as you are walking around, you are not an ordinary person. If they say they have kidnapped you. If someone kidnaps you, do you know what he has kidnapped? He has kidnapped God. Let me share a story with you. In 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 First Samuel chapter four. First Samuel chapter four. Okay. Israel went for war with the Philistines, the Philistines. And Israel was not working perfectly with God because the priest was fooling around. The educator was fooling around. So all of Israel was in shambles. They went to fight their enemies, and that day three thousand people died. Israel was not happy about it. How can three thousand of us die like that? We were looking for what the problem was. They decided to go to Shiloh and take the Ark of Covenant and bring it into the camp, their war camp. So they brought the, the, the Ark of Covenant. You know, the Ark of Covenant is the location of God as of that time. That was where God dwelt. <laughs> so they brought the Ark into the, the war front, into their camp. And when the Ark came and the soldiers saw it, they shouted to the point that the earth resonated. There was an earth tremor because of their shout. And the Philistines felt it and heard their shout. So they were asking what had happened. What, had, what, what was it? Then they were told that, oh, the, 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 the Ark of Covenant had come. And he said that this is the God. The God that showed up in their camp. This is the God. Look at what he did to Egypt and all the things. He's coming to do the same thing to us. Then their captain stood up and encouraged them and said, that, Brother, brothers and sisters, if you don't fight, we will become slaves to the Israelites like they have been to us. Let us fight. So they, the Bible says, quit yourselves like men. 
quit yourselves like men and fight. So they went ahead, fought, and they killed even more Israelites and took the Ark of Covenant. They kidnapped the Ark of Covenant. The Philistines took the Ark of Covenant and took it to their house. And they took it to a city, one of their cities, uh, I think Ashkelon or Ashdod. The first city was Ashdod, I think. And when they brought the, the Ark to Ashdod, they put it before Dagon, their God. They left it there, celebrated, and then went away. When they came in the morning, Dagon had fallen right before the Ark of Covenant. When they came, they said, ah, Dagon, <laughs> what's all this? So they, they put the statue back up and chucked it with stones and other things. Went back, they celebrated, went back again. When they came back in the morning, it had fallen, this time around, it had lost its head and its hands. Dagon, had, the head had, had been broken off, the legs were gone off, everything was gone. And the people of Ashdod, the, Ash, the people of Ashdod started developing boils in their secret parts. Their secret places. It was not a small thing. Apart from the boils coming like that, frogs, sorry, mice, 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 plenty rats just showed up in the city at once. They woke up in the morning and there were rats everywhere. When you are eating, rats is jumping inside everywhere. Balls, so you have balls, you can't suck the rats. And you know, balls makes you very, very sensitive. And mice were all over, so they couldn't suck the mice. Neither could they do whatever. They were really suffering. And they realized that, hey, probably it's the act that is causing these things. They decided to send it to the next city. They sent it to the next city. When they sent it to the next city, they got the same experience. Then they decided to send it to the test. The test said that, please, we beg. We don't want any problem. Just take this thing that you have taken from these Israelites. Take it, return it back to them. You see, when someone kidnaps you, eh? When someone kidnaps you, this is the, it's called the knowledge of God. It depends on you. It's called the knowledge of God. This is the knowledge. I've just given you the knowledge of God. That is what you are. You are the Ark of Covenant walking around in the earth. That's what you are. You have the Ark of Covenant walking in the earth. If anybody likes, let him touch. They say they have kidnapped you. Start celebrating. Because they are in trouble. They are in trouble. One lady was kidnapped like that. You know, in Nigeria, they kidnap a lot of people. In Ghana, we don't, we don't kidnap much. So we don't have these kind of testimonies in Ghana. There was this boy even in America who was also kidnapped. He was sitting at the back seat of the, the kidnapper's car. And he was singing gospel. He was just he sang gospel style. The guy got repented. <laughs> And took him back and just gave him back to his parents and went back. Yeah. He said he, can, he can't kidnap him anymore. The guy loves God too much. There are some heads that cannot be used for sacrifice. Your head is one. It cannot be used. But if you don't know it, it will be used. Have you seen Christians who have, whose heads have been used for sacrifice? If you don't know, you, 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 and it, it's not just knowledge. It's knowledge in faith. Do you see? Knowledge in faith. Being conscious of it. I know who I am. I'm not ordinary. And this is what you get. He says, we, we, are, we are sharing with you how that you have become an, a fellow heir. <laughs> fellow heir. Go back to Ephesians chapter 3. No, how can your business not prosper? Stop praying about business. All you need to do is to see what, what you have become. When you are holding the things, your, 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 your business stuff, you should know who is holding them. Who is holding these things? It's God who is holding them. And no matter what level you are on, you are not afraid. God is never afraid of. What is he afraid of? That it's not going to work. Stop entertaining such thoughts in your mind. It's not going to work. No, no, no. I've never thought that the church will not work. Never. Yes, never. Because I know who sent me. And I know what I carry. 
Even if there are three people. I had sick one person for six months, so brothers and sisters. Yes. Had one person for six months. Just, I'm, I've come to preach to you so to let you know that the Gentiles are now fellow heirs. And of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. What is the promise in Christ? The promise is the promise of the Spirit. Galatians 3, verse 13. Okay, Google to Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Be made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus. That we might receive the promise. Of what? The Spirit. So the promise is the promise of the Spirit. Through faith. That is why we have become temples of the Holy Ghost. What's the difference between God and the Holy Ghost? You see, in a lot of people's minds, the God is here. Jesus is here and the Holy Ghost is here. But it's not like that. This is, this is God. God <laughs> is one. God is not three. God is one. So he, you see, God was promising himself as an inheritance for Abraham that your seed shall have me. And we are the seed of Abraham. Jump to verse 20, 29. You see it. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. And heirs. Heirs according to the promise. What is the promise? The spirit. What is the inheritance? The spirit. Are you listening to me? So you, you have the Holy Ghost living inside. You are not an ordinary person. Stop thinking like an ordinary person. You've been thinking like you are a drum says son. For a long time. But church is the place where we educate you and help you see differently. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual thing. It's not ordinary. To help you see. That's, a, that's our ministry. Go, go back. Go back to that place. Go back to Ephesians chapter 3. Say I'm special. See, I'm, special. See, I'm not ordinary. ordinary. Yeah, whatever. If I am involved with the work. If I'm involved with the work. How can God be sick? Sickness cannot dwell in my body. Now you may be sick. But the way to get out of the sickness is practicing the consciousness of who you are. Your God consciousness. That's the way. That's the way. There's only one promise. There's prom- the promise of the Spirit. Every other thing is... And the promise of the Spirit is what we have. We, the promise is no more a promise in our case. In our case, there are no promises in the Bible. There are no promises. The only hope we look out for is the hope of res- the resurrection. Finish. Apart from that, everything is a reality today. Now. It's a choice to walk in absolute victory or to walk in defeat. It's a complete choice. It's up to you now. The choice is made in, first of all, in your ignorance. Yes. In your ignorance. When you decide that I don't, these things, uh, we thank God for their lives. There are things that we can't see. Yes, it's spiritual. You can't see it. It's spiritual. You can't see it. They are not real. It's spiritual. When I preach to you, I'm blessing you with the word of God. Blessing you with the power of God. Charlie, we are not nine. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Hallelujah. He says, unto me, I'm less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. The unsearchable riches of Christ. The Amplified says that unfathomable, incalculable, exhaustless, eh? inexhaustless riches of Christ, which wealth which no man could have searched out. Hmm? That's what we preach. 
to let you know that you you have you have all. Your prosperity is not. You see, do you know poverty is a mindset? It's a mindset. All those who you keep looking at price tags. When you keep you you look, the first question you ask about anything is what's the price? How much is it? First thing, you don't check whether it will help you, whether it's quality, whatever. You don't have that in your mind. First thing, are you saying? How much is it? That's the first thing. There's something wrong with your brain. You must you must do something about it. You must do something about it. Hallelujah. You, listen, you better believe, believe the word of God now. There are a lot of Christians who don't believe the word of God. Oh, do you know that? In First chapter 5, verse 11 to verse 13, from verse 11, he mentions how that... Let, let's, go, let's go to that place. First John chapter 5, verse 11. So interesting. And there's a record that God has given to us eternal life. Did he say God is going to give us eternal life? My dear, is that what he said? This is English, right? We all know English, isn't it? Is this a promise? Is this a promise? Is he going to do it? In five years? Is he going to do it when you are fine? When everything is okay with you? When you stop pressing the girl? And this is a record that God will give us eternal life when we stop pressing the girl. Because that's how you are reading it. That's why you can't stop pressing the girl. Yeah, because in your mind it's like you have to stop it before. But the way to stop it is by acknowledging what God has made you. Well, you acknowledge that, hey, this is what I am. My hands are God's hands. You can't press any longer. As you are pressing, you just... The heart and the hand of God be involved in such things. You can't, you can't do it. It's not possible. Hallelujah. Yeah. But you, you, you see, you read with your, with your problems and your troubles in mind. Meanwhile, you don't, in God's eyes, you don't have any problem. You don't have any trouble. The way God sees her is very funny. It is very, very funny. Have you ever read Numbers chapter 22, 23, 24? It says, I have not beheld iniquity in Israel. There's no iniquity. Meanwhile, they have done foolish things. But God says, I don't see any evil in them. They are my righteousness. And the Bible says, God cannot lie. So your situation is giving a lie to you. So all you need to do is to see what God has said. And see what God has done. That is the only... Listen, this is the, this is the, this is the, new, this is the new Testament. Okay? To see what Jesus has done. What God has done in Christ. That's all. When you see it... And that's our ministry. Okay, that's our ministry. I'll read it to you very soon. It says, and this is a record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He has given it to us. And the life is in His Son. Next verse. He that has a son has life. And he that has not the Son of God has not life. These things. These things. The Apostle John says, these things have I written unto you. That believe on the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. You believe in the name of the Son of God, but, but you don't know. You are not aware. It's not your consciousness. Every single day. It says, I want it to be your consciousness. The word know that is to make conscious. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Because a lot of people don't believe on the name of the Son of God. Even though they believe on the name of the Son of God. But they don't believe. Yeah. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice you make. You decide that I believe in what God says. 
and I'm going to make what God says a reality in my life. Finish. I believe what he says. I believe what, if he calls me his righteousness, I believe that I'm the righteousness of God. If he says that, I, 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 there's a lot of us complain about flesh. My flesh is worrying me. I've preached several messages about the flesh, but until I saw the scripture, when I saw the scripture, I was like, oh, I'll stop talking about those things. Yeah. Because I used to think that, oh, yes, we are worrying against the flesh. It's true, it's in the Bible, Galatians chapter 5, right? If you read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, Bible mentions, it says, walk ye in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. 16. This I say, then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the last of the flesh. For the flesh lasted against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. I've stayed, I stayed here for a long time in my life. I didn't continue reading. I read it, but I didn't see it. I saw this was heightening my life. Next verse. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Let's say, all, all, as long as you think that the flesh is going against the Spirit, you have problems with these things. You have problems with this idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, violence, emulations, wrath, blah, blah, envies, madness, drunkenness, revelance. There are people, children of God, who are drunkards. Yeah. Uh, you, are, you, are, you are boozai every day. Hallelujah. <laughs> Envies, madness, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Go to the next verse. But the fruit of the spirit is love. There's one fruit actually, just love. Out of love, all these things come. He says the fruits, he didn't say the fruits of the said the fruits of the spirit. It's just one. The fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. If you walk in love, you're not walking in any of those things. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Verse 24. Verse 24. Verse 24. So when I, I, I just saw this recently. Like, ooh. Then this will be a reality in my life. Because it is the, this is the statement of God. It says, and they that are Christ. Are you Christ? Are you Christ? And they that are Christ have, have, did he say shall, try, are trying to, will think about it when everything is fine. They that are Christ have, have, crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Think about the fact that I'm Christ. And I have crucified. This, this has to be true in my life. Because this, this is God's statement. It's a statement of fact. He said it. This is it. I believe it. And that settles it. I believe it. I work on my believing some more. I was like, I'm being shifted into verse, verse 17. No, 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 no. no. Verse, verse 24 is real for me. Oh, verse, verse 24 is real for me. Anyway, I have been shifted into verse 17. No, 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 no. Verse 24 is for me. <laughs> and they that are Christ have crucified. So you should don't have any meeting to crucify the flesh any longer. And people have had meetings where they are crucifying the flesh. You are killing the flesh. Fasting to kill the flesh. There's, haven't you realized after the fasting, the immediately after the fasting, foolishness, it's like an unleashing of foolishness. The way to keep the flesh under is by crucifying it. And we have crucified it. Neither Christ have crucified. The, the means of crucifying the flesh is by being belonging to Christ. And we are Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So Paul says, this, this is our ministry. This is our ministry to educate you. To let you see. And help you believe. Go back to that place. We are in Ephesians 3, right? It's made a minister. Blah, 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 blah. This, then he says, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the, the gent, among the Gentiles, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see. To make all men see. The word see is fortizo. To bring light, to shed light. How do you sack darkness? How do you get darkness out? Light. Is our ministry is to bring light to make all to make all men see to make all men see to make them see what is the fellowship of the mystery the sharing in that you have of this particular mystery the mystery is christ the fact that you are sharing in christ you are in christ you are there what is the to make all men see what is the mystery of the fellowship of the what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hidden god we created all things by Jesus Christ. This is our ministry. This is our job. This is our job. So when you come to church, get ready to see. You see, as I'm preaching to you, your eyes is being opened to like, hey, hey, hey. Wow. You, these are scriptures you know. Isn't it? Are scriptures you know. I'm not reading any strange thing. You know them. But I'm sharing with you, your eyes are being opened like, hey. That's our job. To open your eyes. To see the light of God. And the light of God is the light of all men. Jesus said, whosoever has me, I'm the light of life of this world. Whosoever has me shall not walk in darkness. So we give light. Every single Sunday when you come, every single Wednesday when you come, we give light. We give you light so that you can walk in this dark world without having any darkness around you. Yeah. I see it. That's what we do. These things are real. They are true. They are true. It's a truth. It's the truth. And on Wednesday, I started sharing with you concerning how faith is the, is the number one thing to aid you to walk in the reality of these things. Because, you see, you can know them, but when you are not putting your faith to work, it's a matter of faith. It's, it's, it's spiritual and therefore must be related with the only material that can make the spiritual real. It's faith. It's faith. So, on Wednesday, I quoted a scripture from... First John chapter 5, verse 4. As I said, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. So, what delivers the victory into your hand? Physically speaking, spiritually speaking, is real, it's true. It's true. It's a truth. But the way to make them real in your life, physically speaking, they are real already, spiritually speaking. You want them to show up physically speaking, innit? The Bible mentions how you are, you are rich. It says, to declare unto the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. You are, you are super rich. So you don't have any problem. Super, super rich. We actually don't give to be rich. We don't give to be rich. You can't give to be rich. Out of your prosperity, you give. You understand? Yeah. You are a trillionaire. Your, 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 your wealth cannot be... You see, Apostle mentioned plutocracy. We are, all of us are plutocrats. Everyone is a plutocrat. But it is, it is left with its manifestation. Do you get it? 
its manifestation, physically manifesting around you. And the means, the, the currency for converting them from the wrong of the spirit to the wrong of the physical is something called faith. Faith is what delivers the victory into your hand. You see, one man God was sharing, was sharing something. Why, do you know there are Christians who are sick? How many of you know there are Christians who are sick? Sick, 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 sick. Cancer. All kinds of things. There are Christians who just die. Trouble. Poor, 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 poor. They are so poor, they don't deserve the oil. It's poor. They are poor. So poor. But that's not how God has designed things to be. That's not how he's designed things to be. Oh, Pastor, what are you saying? Do you mean that everyone, every one of us should walk in riches and wealth? Emphatically, yes. Emphatically, yes. Emphatically, yes. That's what he died for. What else did he die for? He died for that. You see, and you see, in this particular scripture that I'm going to quote, it had nothing to do with spiritual riches. It had everything to do with physical money. Eh? Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you through his poverty might be rich. And he was not talking about, it's not the same as Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, the unsearchable riches of Christ and all that. It's not that one. It's not, it's not the same. He's talking about physical riches. Even, even Ephesians 3 is physical riches. You understand? He's talking about riches, money. Never working in luck. No matter what level you are on. You know rich is relative. You know rich is relative. How do we determine the richest man in the world? It's relative. It's relative to other people. Because he's not the richest man in the world, actually. People have been richer than him. But at that particular time, in, relat- in relativity to other people who are around, if you have 1,000 and I have 10,000, who is richer? I'm ri- so I'm rich. We are both rich. Is 1,000 not money? Is 10,000 not money? Do we both have money? So we both have money. We are both rich. We can do something with our money. Okay? Just that in relative to you, I'm richer. But there's someone who is also richer than I am. At that particular time. But it doesn't mean that I'm not rich. Do you understand? So uh, your wealth has nothing to do with physical, like I have 100 billion dollars sitting in the account. It has nothing to do with that. You, you, you are rich on every level. It's because of the way you are looking at things. You are looking at, it's like my thousand is small. You are looking at the ten, you are always looking at the ten thousand. Where will I get that thousand? <laughs> that's, that's why you are thinking you are poor. But you are not, you are actually not poor. If you can use that thousand to do what you are supposed to do, you are rich, you are fine. You are fine, everything is okay. And you grow in it. You grow in it. These are things we grow in. We grow in. The usage. Because if God gives you $100 million right now, you will kill yourself. You will hang yourself. You will be so happy. You will be so happy. Hey, you end up climbing Unity Hall. You are then you just fall off. And just die. Because of the news that you have $100 billion. If you think I'm lying, I pray that God gives you such an experience. You'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. You'll be so excited you end up, because you are not used to it. You see, you've not been raised with it. You have to be raised. You have to be trained. In God, God's kingdom is a place for training. We have to be trained. You see. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith. Say faith. faith. One man of God had two beautiful daughters. He still has them now. Two beautiful daughters. Very beautiful. 
And the second one turned two. Just when she turned two, and she was growing for some few months, the man of God said he was standing on his balcony watching his daughters play with some of his pastors. They were playing downstairs. And right before him, his daughter's legs just collapsed like spaghetti. It just collapsed like that. Right before, and she was crawling on a staircase. So she was, he was like, I want, get up and walk. And he was like, the, 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 the girl said, I can't walk, daddy, I can't walk. What? But you were walking just a few minute, minutes ago. Get up! The, the man who was getting frustrated. Get up! And, you are, what, what is the meaning of this? Get up! When they put her down, she just collapses like that. In a split second, something just happened. We don't know what happened. Just so okay, let's pray. They prayed a general prayer, and then took him, took their daughter to the hospital. When they got to the hospital, come and see the doctors. The daughter will never walk again because of A, B, C, D. Something has happened in her brain that has happened to the spine and everything. Hey. Ah, but she was walking just a few minutes ago. What's the meaning of this? Do you think it's the plan of God for your daughter not to walk? So the plan of God. What's the plan of God? Ah, walking too. Do we have to fight over walking? <laughs> walking. <laughs> but I just came, just like that. And now you knew that this is, not, this is not the plan of God for us. But a lot of Christians accept it as the plan of God for their lives. And they start complaining to God and blaming God. All these things, God who has done it. There was a day in John chapter 9, the disciples saw a man who was blind from birth. The disciples were wise. They never asked Jesus, why did God cause this? They asked, who caused this? What, what caused it? They never asked, why did God do this? They, they were smarter than most Christians today. Because whatever bad thing happens to them is a lot of God. What, what can we do? Yanko pound your fab or chance work through. It's the Lord who gives and he's the one who takes. You have to get something straightened out in your mind. I'm telling you. Yeah. You know what the man got it? It took two years. It took two years. But he decided that he was going to use the word of God. That's not denying the child of hospital and all that. They were going to the hospital and everything. But remember the doctors had said it. That we can't do anything about it. We can just give some one or two things to aid her for her bones to be a little bit stronger and all that. But she can't walk again. Okay, do whatever you, can, you want to do. Me too, I'll do what I'm, I know I'm supposed to do. So he started talking to the legs. He told his wife, this is what we are going to do now. We are going to be talking to the legs. We are going to be talking to the legs. We are going to be declaring, she'll walk, she'll run, she'll jump. These legs will walk, they'll run, they'll jump by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what, that's what he said. That's what he decided to do. He did it consistently. He said sometimes you'll be there and you see his daughter not walking again in her life. And he will shout, No! All on, the, on his own. He's in his office praying. And the thoughts will just come. And he will shout, No! And the secretary will rush into the office. Pastor, is everything okay? And so everything is fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> and continue. She'll walk, she'll run, she'll jump. She'll walk, she'll run, she'll jump. She'll walk, she'll walk, run, jump, walk, run. He said what even broke him was the day she celebrated her third birthday. She couldn't even stand up to cut a cake. Just a year ago, she was cutting a cake. Her friends were jumping around and playing around. She, could, she couldn't do that. 
It's not, it's not, when your child is sick, eh? it's not a small thing. Oh. If you don't put your faith to work, brothers and sisters, what God has said will be nonsense in your case. It will not mean anything. Yeah, it will not mean anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She'll walk, she'll run, she'll jump. Said it so many times. One day the, the girl just started walking. She just started walking. The first time she, she, she stood up, she stood up and her leg was bent like that. When she stood up, she, her leg was bent like that. I was like, no, no, don't stand like that. He said, daddy, this is what I can do. Said, no, no, don't stand like this. This is what I can do. Then he put the legs down, starts talking to it. These legs are straight in Jesus' name. They are straight in Jesus' name. You walk, you run, you jump, you walk, you run, you jump, you walk, you run, you jump. He said one day he was, he was in the UK and they came to the UK. They were at another side of UK. And his first daughter called him and said that, my sister is walking now. She's, she's running. You should see what she's doing now. You should be here. So he drives straight to that place. When he got to the mall, the small girl jumped. She was sitting in another car. So she jumped out of the car and ran to her father. Then he, said, he said tears started flowing out of his eyes. And said, I knew it, it was going to work. I knew it was always going to work. The word works, but you must work the word. But faith. I'm saying this to let you know that sometimes you say that I'm the righteous of God in Christ, but everything around you is saying the opposite. Everything around you is saying the opposite. Opposite to what you, are, what you say you are, you are. But that does not mean that what you are saying is wrong. It doesn't mean that God is not, not right. You are putting your faith to work. Relax. Tell me about relax. Yeah. See, faith is expressed through belief and confession. How do we know that you have faith? If we can't tell how you have faith, then we don't know how you have faith. The only way to tell that you have faith is through your confessions. Through what you are saying. Your confessions must be consistent with the word of God. Hmm? In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, 4, verse 13, right? It says that we are having the same spirit of faith as it is written. I believe, therefore, have I have spoken. We also believe, therefore, we speak. So if you believe, you will speak. You understand? Yeah. So you, you, you may check yourself and realize... There's nothing God about me. And you feel it. You know it. You know it. In you. That's, that's the thought. That's the consciousness you have. But you place that consciousness with the consciousness that you have, you have God in you. You have God in you. And it's not going to happen in a day. It's not magic. If it were magic, it would have happened on a day you were born again. That day you will just be, everything will be fine. And then you'll be a superman immediately. No, it doesn't work like that. You must know it. You must know it with time. And with faith. It's true, but you must know it through the word of God. Yeah. And it's called faith. So faith is, I believe, I believe what God has said. I don't care what my experiences are saying. It will work. It will, and without it, you, there's nothing that can be real for you. Nothing can be real. What we are saying will be, will be stories. It will be stories. It will be stories for you. It will be stories in your ears. Oh, these things, uh, they talk about it. We thank God for their lives. It's a good thing. They are giving the people hope. You know, there are people who say that. I've had lecturers telling me that you, you give the people hope. It's powerful. Let's face realities. That's what I do. Let's face reality. What is reality? What is real? The word of God is more real. Yeah. He says, Who has believed that report? Who has believed that report? That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. 
That's faith. In the plan of God, you have need of nothing. You're a lady, you are 30. You are 30. It's like, I'm wasting away. Who marry me? Don't let your circumstance lead you to foolishness. Anybody who comes in trousers is okay for you. So long as he has balls inside, in between his legs, you are fine. You are making a mistake. You are making a big mistake. Hallelujah. You are making a very, very big mistake. Insist on the word of God. You understand? I'm a child of God. I'm not cheap. I know my value. I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. Faith. That is the victory. And this is the vision of Akameta, the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. Even our faith. If, if you allow the faith of God in you to work, by putting it to work, okay, through your believing and your speech, I believe it. I believe it. You, think, you start thinking along that line. You start thinking along that line. I'm a child of God. I'm rich. I'm a child of God. God is inside me. I cannot be sick. Sickness may come. As for this world, that's how it's designed. Things at every level, there are things that will come. But it's up to you to accept some things or not to accept some things. What is not consistent with the Lord God, hey, this is not part of the plan. But it will come. What are you going to do with it? You must insist on what you are, on what God has said in your life. You must insist on it. Insisting on it is called faith. It's called faith. How do we know you have faith? By, by the glory you give to God, irrespective of the situation you are in. Hmm? Let me show you something. Romans, Romans chapter 4. You remember Abraham, right? Let's read from verse 18. God gave him a promise. God told him that I'm going to give you a child. God said, in my plans for you, there's a child. A child of promise. Through whom the whole world will be blessed. My reading, his faith was shaking at the point he told God that, brother, uh, brother God, thank God for your life. You know when you say, when you, when you get to the point where you are blessing God for God, 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 God bless you. God bless you, but you, let's do it this way. He told God, you've promised me, but it's not happening. So let's, uh, Eliezer is the one who inherits my servant to inherit me, everything will be fine. Let's, let's, let's just stop talking about some of these things. You, you, give, you give false hope too much, please. His faith was shaking. And God, God kept talking to him. Don't worry, it will happen. It will happen. The Bible mentions that he was, look at it. It says, who against hope believed in hope? Against hope, he believed in hope. What was the hope? The hope of his wife giving the conceiving kept reducing as the days went by and as the years went by. Every year, the hope reduced. Because the menopause was getting stronger to meno something. Meno something, that means... Men not complete. It was just ending. Every year, just a, a dry... You get like, she was, when she was 75, the more hope. More hope that something is going to happen. Anything is possible. His faith was, he was saying that anything is possible. But then, when she turned 80... God. Against hope, he believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken... That which was spoken, God has said it, but it, it wasn't showing up physically. God, the word of God is the spoken word of God. It's the, it's the written word. God spoke it and they wrote it. But your reading is like, it's not, these things are not showing in my life. Brother, don't worry. Tony, but yeah. The word of God works. 
No matter the situation, makes no difference. I believe in what God has said. It'll come to pass. It's called strong faith. There are different kinds. It's weak faith. In this place, it talks about weak faith, strong faith. In another place, it talks about great faith and little faith. Who against hope, believing hope, that he might become the father of many, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And be not weak in faith. He was not weak in faith. Most Christians are weak in faith. They are stumbling between two opinions. Today they say it's real, tomorrow they say it's these things. <laughs> like that. They're just stumbling between two opinions. Weakness in faith. It's weak. They complain. Double minded. Double minded. Complain. These things, Charlie. We've waited for it for a long time. What's all this? That's weak faith. The faith is weakening. You see, strong faith is faith that gets stronger when time is deceiving you or it's taking a longer time for what has been spoken about you to show up that's strong faith strong faith is when after 10 years you are still saying the same thing you were saying on the first year when you heard god talk to you yeah that's strong faith and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body which was now dead he knew that his body was dead so faith is not uh, not knowing what is what is around you or denying what we know what is around we know we know that there's sickness in the body. There's cancer. We know the doctor's reports. We like doctors. We know their reports. And we, we are aware that they can't do everything. It's only foolishness. It's only... Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you when you start, you start thinking that doctors can do everything. They can't do everything. They can't do everything. Don't wait till they slam that on you before you start believing God. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. And being not weak in faith, he concerned not his own body, now dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Sarah's womb was dead. The scriptures are saying, it says the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered not. He considered not. It was there, but he considered not. He decided not to consider it. He was seeing it, but he would take his eye off. When is he doing it? <laughs> We're just taking his eyes off like that. He considered not. The Bible says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. What does strong faith do? Giving glory to God. Giving, he was giving glory. As the years went by, he was giving glory to God. When it was 80, when, the, when she turned 80, and he saw the 80th birthday, when he saw Sarah turning 80, when he said, happy, happy birthday, he started rejoicing. We are having a child. Glory to God. It will happen. Like they say, glory to God. Glory to God. That's what we're saying. Glory to God. It's going to happen. It's happening. Did it happen by the power of the Holy Ghost? When she turned 90, glory to God. It's working. When it delayed, he got stronger in faith. Yes. When it delayed, when the delays were going, he, you see, the delays didn't let him take his eyes off the word of God. The delays made him fix his eyes on the word of God some more the more he delayed the more he decided not to consider his body or the deadness of Sarah's womb God is in you hmm. pastor who knew me pastor you, you don't know me if you knew me if you knew me you would not be saying some of these things you should be talking about something pastor you should be talking about how you should not fornicate and all those things you should be talking about all those things though. pastor you do know me 
Don't you know that already? You know that already. You are aware of yourself. Yeah. And you are aware of what you are. I'm showing you what you really are. I don't have to talk. I don't have to show you more about your wrongs. You are you, you now you realize that something is wrong. What you need is the is a cure. Solution. That's what, that's what I'm giving to you now. Hallelujah. This is the victory. This is the victory. That overcometh the world. That overcometh the world. That overcometh the world. It is the victory that overcometh the world. You see, he says, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. The fact that you are born again, you have overcome the world. That's the spiritual aspect. He's then telling you the other aspect. What you need to do now. What you need to do now. Put your faith to work. The whole of creation awaits your manifestation. Creation awaits your manifestation. When I got to realize that there are millions who are tied to my life. There are millions of lives tied to my life. I realized I have to really show up. I have to show up. I have to manifest myself as a son of God. Because creation, everything is crying. There are orphans who are crying for you to manifest. Because they are are deliverance. And they are safety. Yesterday we were in an orphanage for so many hours. I've never been to an orphanage before. I've always seen it. I've always passed, but I've never gone in there. Went there yesterday. I was like, wow. There are people like this here. Someone had been, they just picked someone up two weeks ago. Six month old baby. But if you see the baby, you think it was just born. Yes. You think, I mean, highly malnourished. And the mother's left the boy out in the cold. Someone found her, found him and brought him to the orphanage. They are waiting for your manifestation. Their school fees depends on you. Until you extract yourself from yourself and start thinking about others. You've not started. Hallelujah. Until you realize that your life is not actually yours. There are a lot of people linked to you whose life and whose goodness and greatness depend on your greatness. They will depend on your greatness to become great. So there's no time to waste. There's no time to, we don't have time to be putting these things far away like, oh, I'll believe these things when I'm 45. Why do you want to believe when you're 45? Why not be, why don't you believe it now? Why don't you start putting it to work now? Why don't you start saying it to yourself now that uh, prosperity is mine, I'm rich. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, why don't you start saying those things now? Why do you want to wait till you're 50? Under the the guise of YOLO. You only live once. Like I'll never never turn 20 again. Let me fool around now that I'm 20. Probably God has given you up to 30. Only 30. Or 21. You are fully in 20. Just 21. Yeah, a lot of us live as though we know how things are going to be. It's It's not supposed to be like that. You don't know what time God has given to you. You have to show up. Tell anybody you have to show up. Now. now, don't wait. Yeah. People are dependent. People, God has designed for people, some people to meet you. Yeah, He has designed. So you, there's no time to, to fool around. There's, you can't afford it. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. You don't know, but it's too expensive. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. Not to believe what we are talking about. It's too expensive. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. I'll go in this direction. I'll believe in what God has said. It will be my reality. It will be my reality. It will be my reality. Red Sea shall part before me. Jesus. The Red Sea doesn't just it doesn't part before some people. In some people's cases, it closes. It closes. It closes. 
and it destroys them. Yeah, it's not everybody who was able to. It, it had parted, but some, one group went through. The other group, when they had, the Bible says when they tried, they tried it. They got into the meadow and it came, it came together. Yeah. It's not everybody who have the Red Sea parting because they don't believe. They don't believe in the Word of God. I believe in the Word of God. I believe in it. I've made up my mind. I believe in it. I believe in what it says. I believe in what it says. If he says that they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts, I believe in it. I believe in what he has said. My flesh is crucified with Christ. Paul said, as for me, I'm crucified with Christ. Yet I live, yet not I, but Christ who liveth. The lives that I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I, 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 I'm living by the life of God, not by something else. And I'll shake the world. I'll shake the world. You see, some people say I'll shake the world, but they know that you, you, you will not shake any world. <laughs> Do you understand? Because of the way you are going. Because of the way you are going. You will not shake any world. It's just a, it's just a, I don't want this to be just accolades, jargons, things that you can't even shake your bed. Let alone shake the world. Pastor, <laughs> <laughs> I you said that one. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, you must you must set your you must set your sail. Yeah. As I told you that it's a decision you make. You make a decision at a certain point in your life. This is it. This is what I have. This is where I'm going. You set your course and you start your sail. I, I believe in the word of God. No matter what, I believe it. I'll find out what you have said about me. I'll believe it, and that settles it in my life. Yeah, I'm going along this line. I'm going along this line. No matter what, I'm going this way. And I'll be joyful throughout. Yeah. I'll be joy- you, you settle in God. You settle in His word. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of you are ready to settle in God's word? Rise up on your feet and just thank God for what He has shared with you. I'll not let the, the word of God fall in line with my experiences. I will fall in line with the word of God. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.